This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. We are ready to begin week number seven of high school football in Southeast Tennessee. Chris Goforth alongside Chandler Morrison as we do every single week. It is SETN Preps Podcast. We're just two guys hanging out, talking high school football, and we're glad that you found us. Whatever platform you are uh, listening to this show on, man, we're glad that uh, you make us a part of your prep football week. You can find us on iTunes if you haven't already. Just go to iTunes in the search function, search the SETN Preps, and you'll pull us right up. You can subscribe and then rate and review uh, the podcast, because uh, certainly we'd love to uh, to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter, at ChrisGoForth1. You can find Chandler Morrison at Sports Chandler. And, again, we're here. We do it twice a week, every week. We're glad to do it, and we're glad that you could uh, spend some time with us every week. We are ready to preview games from week number seven. Before we do that, though, we like to spend a few minutes uh, during the middle of the week and kind of hop into some of our news and notes segment. Chandler, I- I'm going to start this week with what I think may be the biggest story in prep football come Friday night, and that's the effect that the weather may have, regardless of whether it rains or not Friday night. Just so much wet weather this week. I'm starting to wonder what the condition of the fields will be across the area with so much rain that we've seen. Yeah, Chris. I mean, we saw this firsthand week one. Everybody knows the, the whole debacle. I mean, we had games canceled that were to play. We had games uh, rescheduled. We had games that were cut in half, played the next day. I mean, it. the rain around here this year has been problematic in general. Um, and it's great because it's not great, but it's great to see dry games because we can see how these teams fare. But we've got some crucial games this week, Chris, and I think some of them, may be hindered by the rain. We may not see the true winner or who actually stood out in that game. It may be a lot of closer games. There may not be some, you know, defining moments. But, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. You know, we talked about Red Bank earlier in this season. They they had the issue with the drainage. I don't know if they got that fixed yet. Um, but they had the issue with that. We have a lot of fields around here. So, Quachie County turns into a swamp. I mean, you know, there are a lot of fields and a lot of stadiums here that are not capable of, of draining water in, in a way that, uh, that it needs to be. So I think that's a big factor when you go into this Friday. Yeah, I was going to say that it's not so much, you know, the condition of the field in terms of the fields being chewed up. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's more about the drainage. It's about getting the water off the field. Um, you yeah. go back to week one, like what you were saying a minute ago, you know, I think those games had more to do with lightning than it did rain this week yep. though you're talking about rain and the effects of fields and, and and how it's going to affect some of these games and you're right Chandler I think this is the week and it's time all right I mean it, we're getting into week seven it's time for us to start getting into some games that that have some playoff implications and that's what I think we have this week with a lot of these games that we're going to talk about including McMinn County and Bradley Central Brainerd and Signal Mountain um, even Brentwood Academy and Baylor that we'll get to, the three games that we're talking about this week, they all have big, big playoff implications behind them. And you can't help but wonder 
Does the rain, does a wet field, does a sloppy field, does it favor one team over the other? I mean, certainly that's something that uh, you're going to have to consider when it comes to talking about games uh, coming up this week. I always like to update it every week, the unbeaten teams and those that are still looking for a win. Currently there are 39. Boy, the number is dropping drastically. There are 39 (laughs) undefeated teams in Tennessee high school football. There are 43 teams across the state of Tennessee that are still looking for win number one on the year. Last note from me, Chandler, that I wanted to mention We've talked so much about offenses this year, and one of the offenses that we've talked a lot about has been Tyner and just how well Tyner has played on offense. But I want to put the brakes on that for a second and mention Tyner's defense. They've held their last four opponents to single digits in scoring and allowing just six points per game. For as good as Tyner has been, and that's not one of the teams that we're talking about this week in our preview. That's the reason why I wanted to mention it uh, while we run through some notes because for as good as they have been uh, on offense, Tyner on defense has been absolutely lights out, especially of late. Yeah, Tyner has just been able to, to except for the East Hamilton game, which I think was merely a fluke in this whole series of games, they've just been able not only, you know, we talk about the, the defense there, They've been able to match up their offense with their defense, and when they haven't been able to match up the offense, they've still been able to win with that defense. I mean, when you're holding a 4A team like East Hamilton, who is very underrated, I, I said this in our last show, they're very underrated this, this year. When you when you hold them to three points, I mean, that's extremely impressive. Not not to mention that you've held Marion County, Howard, and Polk County all to with, with one score, one touchdown. I think the – the Howard when that was eight points, but that was a that was a touchdown, and, and they went for two. I guess I don't know why you go for two when the game that, that much play. Tyner's been impressive. I, I want to move on uh, out of the Chattanooga area for a moment, if you don't mind. Uh, there's the there's this story out of Clarksville, Northeast Clarksville uh, school. They had a, had a basically what happened, Chris, was there was a student that was playing at Northeast. All right. And he transferred from another school. So in TWSAA, you have to do one or two things to be able to transfer from a public school to a public school. And that is make an address change, a bona fide address change, as they say, or have or, or sit out a year and lose a year of your high school eligibility to move on. Um, and, this, and there was apparently a situation where the player did not sit out a full year, and he played in games this year, five games this year, that Northeast now has to give up. That's the fifth-ranked team in 5A coming into this, and now they have to give up five of their games, and this could potentially, going down the road, could keep them out of the playoffs. Wow, that's sad. I mean, it's you know, it's sad that something like that happens, and you're talking about affecting a whole group of kids that, for the most part, had, had nothing to do with it. I always find it interesting how things like this happen. I think the most extreme case I've ever seen of this came back in 2000 in South Pittsburgh when they had a kid who transferred in who, uh, and there's a letter that gets mailed to the school from on TWSAA letterhead. And the letter states that the young man is eligible from the TWSAA. Come to find out that letter had been fabricated and the kid was not eligible. 
South Pittsburgh was the year after they had won a state championship and graduated 20 seniors. Um, they didn't have a great record that year. I, I want to say they were, I think they only had nine games, and I believe they were maybe two and seven or three and six, something like Ooh. that. But they had won enough games to qualify for the playoffs that year and um, was not able to go to the playoffs because the kid that was in question had played in the two blowout games they had won. Yeah, and, and I will say this, Chris. In this situation, uh, there was a hardship. This is important because hardship waivers can grant, you know, the exception to the rule. They were requested. I think they were requested after the kid was playing when no one knew the kid was playing, or at least the people at the play was not aware of it, and it was denied. So there was a hardship waiver in place. It was denied. I guess they were trying to bank that that hardship waiver would, you know, make him eligible, but it didn't. Um, I think the biggest similarity I can find in, in my knowledge is, is Signal Mountain of probably when I was in high school. I think it was maybe 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. Yeah, it was. An, yeah, there was an eligible player they had. They were going to be, you know, a first, you know, a one seed in the, in the playoffs, I believe, the way they were rolling. And they basically, around five or six games, they had to give up because the kid was, you know, because the kid was ineligible. I think he was like, from my knowledge, he was driving from Georgia to Signal Mountain every day. That's just what I remember. I don't know how much you remember about that, Chris. But he uh, I, was, here's you know. what I remember. He was the best player on the team. Yeah. I mean, that's that was the one thing that stood out <laughs> the most about that whole deal to me is the kid at that point in question – was, I mean, he was the best player on that team. I, I remember that. I had forgotten about that instance. Uh, and and any time something like this happens, anytime you run into eligibility issues, I feel like a lot of times it kind of gets blown out of proportion sometimes in the media or people, people start to look for something, you know, underhanded going on. And sometimes it's just something as simple as, you know, paperwork didn't get filed, paperwork wasn't filed properly, things didn't get turned in on time, whatever. Um, you know, in this case, what you're talking about with Clarksville Northeast, I just hate it because you're, you're talking about the playoff future of, that could be in, in jeopardy for a whole bunch of kids that really had nothing to do with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, and like I said, this is the fifth-ranked team in 5A according to the polls. So, you know, you take that for what it's worth. We, we talked about that before, Chris. Uh, but you're talking about a top five, top six team in the state, and they they may not even get a chance to prove that they're one of the top teams in the state. And that that's the saddest part of all of this. You ready to get in and preview some games in week seven? Oh, buddy, am I ever. Let's do it. Let's start McMinn County and Bradley Central. 95th all-time meeting between these schools. Bradley has the lead in this series overall. But if you go back and look at this series over the last 10 to 15 years, this has been a really tightly contested back-and-forth kind of rivalry between these two. And I know I said this last week, and I'm, I'm going to stand by it. I think McMinn County may be the most underrated team in the area. They're 3-2. and two. Those two losses, Farragut and Maryville, back-to-back weeks early in the season, They've since beat a good Ray County team. They beat uh, Maryville Heritage in the last game they played. They've had a bye week, so it's an extra week to get ready. This team's got talent. They got a, 
a lot of guys that haven't played a ton of varsity level football, but they got a bunch of guys that have talent, and that's what has me excited to see. I think uh, Chandler, this may be this this should be the game in the state of Tennessee this week. Now it's not going to be by most people, but I just got the feeling that this game is going to be an absolute war on Friday night. Yeah, you're right when you say it should be one of the games, the, the, the game in the state, because you talk about 6A football. You talk about this is the same district as Maryville, you know, and, and we all know how that goes. But you're talking about a Bradley Central team. And, I mean, Mid County, they, they upset Red County. You're talking about a Bradley Central team that they've been pretty similar in how they played Red County. I think it's good when you have a common opponent. Sometimes it's not the best thing to have. But it's good when you have a common opponent that you can look on that film and you can see how they did. But one thing that's being overlooked in this, this, this is a uh, homecoming game. Or uh, this is at Bradley Central, right, Chris? Yes, it is at Bradley. It is at Bradley Central, you know. And, and usually I would say that that Ray County Club, that Ray County win being close, I mean, Mid County on a bye week. I would say um, that Mid County, they're going to – I'm not so sure, Chris. There's an 11th commandment. I don't know if you've ever heard this. There's an 11th commandment that our coaches always told us when I was in high school. Thou shalt not lose on homecoming. homecoming. Yeah. Yeah, you don't ever want to lose home. That's not a good look. And and you're right. I mean, Bradley Central has been playing well. They They have really turned it on here the last couple of weeks. Again, I just think this game, uh, maybe it ends up Friday night being a clunker, but I just don't see it. I think this game ends up being a really, really good game Friday night and one that probably the the media across the state of Tennessee probably aren't paying a whole lot of attention to. Yeah, I think it's going to be very undercover. But, you know, also when you talk about those homecoming games, Mid County's got a little bit of an edge on them too because – why do you schedule your homecoming games, Chris? You schedule someone you think you can beat, right? And so that could be some fuel for McMinn County, too. Uh, I think you're right. This is going to be a war, and I think it's going to be a war for all the reasons that we think it may not be. You know, you, you, may, you bring that up about homecoming, and I think that at one point in time used to be that way where, you know, you always wanted to schedule that win on homecoming. But now with the way the regions are laid out, a lot of instances now, you don't have a choice necessarily to, to try to find that quote-unquote winnable game to schedule for homecoming. A lot of times you're just trying to find you know, a home game in which you can do it because you're either going to have a region opponent or you end up scheduling a really good non-region game that ends up falling into that. I don't see as much of that anymore as I did Certainly not as much as you saw 20, 25 years ago. 20, yeah. 25 years yeah. ago, everybody did that. Everybody wanted to go out and find, you know, before Robert Aikens went to Boyd Buchanan, they were everybody's homecoming opponent. You know, you wanted to go find the, the downtrodden. Uh, back in the 90s, Notre Dame was in that uh, late 80s, yeah. early 90s. Notre Dame was that Ottawa in the 80s was the homecoming opponent of a lot of people. So you don't see that too much anymore because of how Mm -hmm. the regions fall out. And I always find it interesting how some coaches take it as a slight 
when they get scheduled uh, as somebody else's homecoming opponent. I got a chance to hear Tim Daniels one time deliver an absolutely, I mean, it sounded like something out of Remember the Titans, the speech that he gave to his team one time when he was at Red Bank before they went out and played because they had been scheduled for homecoming. And he absolutely, I mean, he took it personal that somebody had scheduled his his Red Bank team as a homecoming opponent. And Red Bank went out and mopped the field with them. But there's a lot of coaches that take that, and a lot of fans that take that sort of thing personally. Let's move on. Let's get to our next game, Brainerd and Signal Mountain. Interesting game. We've talked about the, the fact that there's some games this week that have some real playoff implications. The game we just mentioned, McMinn County and Bradley Central does. This game here, though, may be the game in the area when it comes to playoff implications. Brainerd, a team that I thought back in August looked like they would be a playoff team, and then they come out, they look bad against Howard and lose. They lose to Ray County. They start the season 0-2, and they didn't look real good in either one of those two losses. Then they come back, they win three straight, lost to East Nashville last week. So Brainerd, it's a young Brainerd team. They got a whole bunch of 10th graders. They are 3-3, three and three, but they have gotten better. They're 2-0 and oh in region play. They've still got McMinn Central, which is a win. They've still got Red Bank left, which is a loss. But Chandler, as I see it, Really, for both Brainerd and Signal Mountain, I'm kind of focusing on Brainerd right now, but I see this as a game involving playoff positioning because if Brainerd wins this, I think they finish second in this in this uh, in this region. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing, Chris. I think this is for second place in that region, and I think that this will determine who gets home playoff and. and and I, I love. And by the way, Chris, I love how the new regions are set up. I, I, I know you remember back in like the early 2010s, late 2000s, where you didn't know where you were going to end up in the playoffs. You didn't know who you were going to be playing. I love this that they can know. All right, you win this game, you get a home playoff game. Right. And I just love that. Um, but this is a game, and who would have thought at the beginning of the season that we would look now, we would say Brainerd is a two and zero in the region team. You know, um, they look kind of. You didn't know what they were. You didn't know whether they were going to be a team that was going to be worth, you know, preparing for, really. And now they're a team that they might have a home playoff game. And when you get a home playoff game, sometimes that can mean a lot going in and, and having a home playoff game against someone in that other region and maybe get to the second or third round of the playoffs with some upset. Yeah, and Signal Mountain comes in. They've won two straight. Um, they did lose to Red Bank back a couple of weeks ago in region play. So, again... You're talking about Brainerd that has played well despite the fact that they lost last week. They've gotten better since the start of the season. Signal Mountain has, after a tough start and a tough schedule, they've kind of figured it out, put it back together now. They've been able to win two straight. I think this sets up to be a really fun game on Friday night and a, uh, a tough place for Brainerd to go play because they got to go to Signal Mountain and uh, – that, especially when Signal Mountain is rolling, that's a really great atmosphere for high school football and a tough oh, place yeah. for opponents to have to go endure. Let's get to our final game that we're going to preview this week. We're going to step over into the Division Two ranks. I want to talk about Baylor for a second first. 
because Brentwood Academy is always a, a test. Even when they're not great, they're still yeah. Brentwood Academy. And there is a certain, you know, you talk about pressure on head coaches. Man, the pressure because of the fact that you're coaching in the shadow of Carlton Flat, who has a ton of, or had a ton of success there, all-time winning as coach in Tennessee high school football. It's Cody White who's now, uh, and he's been there for a little while at Brentwood Academy as the head coach. That guy, that's a pressure cooker when you go to Brentwood Academy to be the head coach. But back to Baylor real quick. This begins a stretch for Baylor. Their non-region games are finished. So it is all region opponents the rest of the way. You got Brentwood Academy this week, then you get a bye week, and then you're at McCauley, home against Father Ryan, and at Baylor, this began this at MBA. At MBA, sorry, yes, <laughs> I'm talking about Baylor. They'll close out the season at Montgomery Bell Academy. Right now, Baylor's three and three. They lost to a healthy Knox Catholic. Remember, they lost to Knox Catholic before Knox Catholic got everybody hurt, and they mm-hmm. lost to Ensworth by three. Yeah, I mean, this is a very underrated Baylor team. I think they look at the record and you think, oh, they're a two-two school, they're three and three, and throw them out of there. But they're very underrated because, like you said, of the opponents they played and how close those games did. I think they're still looking for an identity this late in the season uh, as far as who they are. You know, they've been a, an offensive team, defensively great. But I think they're still looking for a little bit of identity because they've been playing, you know, they played some division opponents, they played some other opponents. But you got now you're going into the heart of your division two triple A schedule here with Brentwood Academy, McCauley, uh Father Ryan and NBA. By game ten, like a lot of times when we go to the playoffs, by game ten when we go to the playoffs or or I'm excuse me, week eleven, game ten, whatever you want to call it. By the time you go into the playoffs, a lot of times you don't exactly know who that team is, even at, even at the Division Two level, because you know you kind of see because everybody's kind of wishwashy during the season; they're kind of inconsistent. Now, Game Ten, we'll know exactly who Baylor's going to be at the end of the season because you talk about how important some of these Division Two games are at the beginning of the season; they're even more important at the end of the season because you see them in full force, and you're going to see Baylor in full force again. Brentwood Academy and the rest of these teams this season. By the time they step in the playoffs, we'll know exactly how that first round and second round playoff matchup are going to go. Chandler, let's. Uh, it's a new feature here. We just started it last week, where we take a look at some of the other games going on across the state. Um, it's not something you and I talk about ahead of time, so I don't know what games you're looking at across the state. I've got two on my list this week that I wanted to mention, and you know I'm always going to want to give uh, some attention to the small schools especially those in the rural communities across the state. Gordonsville at Monterey, and this is another one of those games. We talked about them here in our area of southeast Tennessee, about games that have a lot of region implications. This is a region where I don't know that there's any one team that is truly head and shoulders above the other when you talk about Gordonsville and Monterey, but I do think, you're talking about two teams that have a lot of history, two teams that have a lot of playoff tradition, especially Gordonsville. Gordonsville's got a tradition in high school football that can rival anybody in the state. Um, so Gordonsville at Monterey, that's one of mine. One of the others, I've decided to go old school, Upper East Tennessee. Got a good friend of mine 
who lives in Greenville, Tennessee, and he's always telling me about uh, how great Greenville is and the rivalry that they have between Greenville and Elizabethan. And that game is going on this week, too. So those are the two that I had worth keeping an eye out for across the state, Gordonsville at Monterey and Greenville and Elizabethan on Friday night. Yeah, Chris, I'm going to go a little bit closer to Chattanooga. Um, You know, I say that because York Institute at Upperman looks like a really, really good game. Both these teams have really good offenses. Um, You know, Upperman has has Adam Kane. He went from Sequoia to Upperman. We saw how good of a coach he was on the field, X and O's wise. So I think that was a big crucial because it's going to decide the number one seed in that region. Okay? And those teams in that region play the Chattanooga 3A teams as well. So the winner of this one will probably end up playing Red Bank in the quarterfinals. Um, and, and I think that's going to be a great matchup when they do because the offenses in, in Region 4A are really, really good. And York Institute, I think the way this is going to play out, whoever wins this game is going to be number one, the other one number two. And then the Quachie County will probably end up being number three in that region. Um, but it's, it's, it's like a six-team region, so two are out, four in. But – Really, this game is going to determine who gets number one and who gets number two, and that could determine a lot on some of these teams. Like we talked about, Brainerd, Signal Mountain, who they get in the first round. This could determine that. Let's get to our picks this week. Let's go. Let's start with McMinn County and Bradley Central. Chandler, I really want to go McMinn County in this game. I really do. You mentioned it's homecoming at Bradley Central. It's going to be probably a wet, nasty field. I'm going to go with the Bradley Central Bears, but again, I think this game has the makings of being an absolute classic. Wouldn't surprise me at all to see McMinn County win. I'd I'd love to pick the Cherokees in this one, but I'm going to go with the Bears at home. McMinn County are the underdogs in this spot. I think that if they have a you know if they have a smart coach, that he will play the homecoming factor in their ears before the game, like you said, Mr. Red Bank. Um, I think he'll put that it's us against the world out there because Bradley Central, a homecoming game, it's raining. He's going to say this is our best chance to beat them. I think if all those things happen, McKinney County could come away with a win. That being said, I'm not sure that that coach, I don't, I don't know that coach, so I don't know whether he would do that. I don't know how he does his you know, pregame, whatever. So I got to go with Bradley Central in this, although I do like Midman County for the upset, but I do have Bradley Central ultimately winning this game. Brainerd at Signal Mountain. If this game was at Brainerd, I'd like the Panthers a little more. I'm going to take the Eagles though to make it three and zero and get the three straight rather uh, and get the win on the mountaintop. Yeah, I, Chris, I, I'm with you. I got Signal Mountain in this one mainly because of the atmosphere you got out there. I remember playing in that atmosphere. When I was in high school, and though we never got close to beat the Signal Mountain <laughs> at that point, the atmosphere out there was intimidating. You walked out there, and everything from the from when they came onto the field to their fans to you know you kind of felt isolated from your fans because they were so far from the field. You're out in the middle of nowhere. They love it. You you kind of like I feel like I'm out left field. The atmosphere there is just fantastic. I don't you know I, I have. Very not fond memories of playing at Signal Mountain, if that tells you anything, Chris. Uh, but I, I just like the atmosphere they have there. Signal Mountain's got this. 
Yeah, they do a good job at uh, Signal Mountain. They really do with the overall, mm-hmm. just the overall game operations and how how things run there and, and the different things that they do um, throughout the year. I, I think they do a um, I think they do a good job there. So uh, we are both in agreement so far. Bradley Central, Signal Mountain. Now our last one that we'll look at this week: Brentwood Academy at Baylor. Uh, I want to be a local homer and go with Baylor, but I just think Brentwood Academy, top to bottom, is a better team. It's a better roster. They've got a big physical offensive line there. I think they they average around 270, 275 across the front. And Tamario Pleasant in the Brentwood Academy backfield is a uh, he's a heck of a running back. Anybody in the mid state will tell you that kid is uh, one to keep an eye out on. This matchup is very intriguing to me because of the Baylor. You know, they're kind of underrated. Here's the thing. Brentwood Academy has Baylor this week, and then they have next week they have McCollum. Okay? Out of those two, the one that you want to be prepared for is McCollum. Could they be overlooking an underrated Baylor team on the road? I like the upset here, Chris, but my gut tells me to go with Brentwood Academy. But do I always follow my gut? No. Do I usually fail when I don't follow my gut? Yes. But I'm going with Baylor anyway. I'm going to be a homer this week. Look at you. Look at you continuing to live dangerous with these picks. Continuing to live dangerous. All right. Well, Chandler, here we go. Week seven. You going to a game this week? Uh, I should be going to a game. It is homecoming at Watchy County this week. They they have Smith County at home. So that will be a crucial one in 4-3-A, too. But. I think I might hit that one up and go see some old friends back at the homecoming. I am uh, actually going. I've promised my wife dinner because we don't often get a chance to go have dinner on a Friday night during football yep. season. So we are going to do dinner this week, and then I hope to be back at home in time by say eight o'clock or so. And uh, I'm going to fire up the computer and get the iPad rolling and. Um, be able to sit around and listen to some different games from across the state and really just uh, try to enjoy Friday night football. I thought about trying to go. Actually, I thought about going up to Bradley Central to see the game with Bradley and, and McMinn County that we talked about. But instead, I think I am going to uh, sit back and listen to some of my friends across the state that uh, broadcast high school games on the radio and the Internet. I'm going to take some of those games in and uh, – just kind of um, be a fan and and just uh, nerd out, if you will, on high school football for Friday night. So I think it'll be a fun so, night. So, Chris, I, I do have a question for you on that. Are you the kind of person that listens to the game and listens to the game and what's going on, or because you're a because you you've been a commentator, you've been a broadcaster for so long, do you start to look at them and? and start to pick them apart on the radio. If it's somebody I know, and I know there's some people that will ask me, hey, did you listen? What would you think? If I know that's coming, I'll try to make sure I pay attention enough to be able to give a critique. And, uh, you know, and then there's some – look, God loves some people, but there's – some of it gets hard to listen to now. I mean, let's just be honest. There's somebody saying – Saying that about this podcast right now, too, man. Those guys are hard to listen to. But uh, but that's the truth, you know, because sometimes you don't know where the ball is and people want to scream and everybody talk at the same time. And uh, that's not a lot of fun. But 
uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that do it and do it well. So I look forward to being able to uh, check some of these other games out that's going on around the area and 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 across the state and just kind of enjoy a Friday night at home. So Chandler, I think that will wrap it up for us for our preview of Week Seven. We'll be back with you again on Monday to take a look back at uh, these games from Week Seven. We'll preview, we'll give you or uh, take a review of them. We'll give you our highlight, our low light, and our fail. And we'll give you just a little bit of tease for what's coming up in week eight. Boy, there's some good games coming up in uh, in week eight, one of which is, uh, I think, East Hamilton and Hickson because the opportunities for Hickson to get a win are running out. You've got Whitwell going on the road against against Trousdale County. Yeah, how could I forget that? And so I think you've got a bunch of really good games happening uh, next week, Chandler. So I'm I'm already looking forward to week eight, but uh, can't wait to see how week seven shakes out. That's going to do it for us again. Make sure you find us on iTunes. Go the SETN Preps. You can find us in the search bar, and then once you get there, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. He's Chandler Morrison. I'm Chris Goforth. Thanks for hanging out. This has been SETN Preps Podcast. We'll see you next week.